This episode of The Guy Pot is brought to you by the Shops at Coldwater and Citadel Insurance Group, an Allstate agency. Citadel can take care of all of your insurance needs from auto and homeowners to boats and life insurance and everything in between. Call 256-826-5309 to speak to one of our trusted advisors to see if Citadel can get you in a better place on your insurance. Citadel Insurance Group is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. The Shops at Coldwater, one of a handful of retail incubators in Alabama, is the home to a highly curated gift shop and boutique located in beautiful, historic downtown Tuscumbia, Alabama. They specialize in gifts for everyone in the family, on-trend clothing for women and kids, and have a unique mix of snacks, including glass bottle sundrop and Frios gourmet pops. Stop in at 109 East 6th Street in Tuscumbia and see what everyone's talking about. The Shops at Coldwater are open Tuesday through Saturday, 10-ish to 6-ish, and Sundays and Mondays when they feel like it. And now, here are your hosts of the Guy Pod, Josh Kelly, Skip Nichols, and Adam Gooch. What's yep. up? Pod. I'm Skip Nichols. Josh Kelly. Adam Gooch. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? What's up, fellas? I am really excited to be here for multiple reasons. One is, you know, quarantine is slowly, we're not as quarantined, let's say that now. Right. Things are opening back up. It's kind of rejuvenated me. You know, if I, I feel like a different person. I shaved off the beard. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm happy to be anywhere. And I'm glad the economy is kind of starting to open back up a little bit. And yep. Kind of get, get things back to some semblance of normal. I know it's not going to be anything like, you know, what we we experienced in January and February, but at least the doors cracked open a little bit, and hopefully That's we can it. kick it on open pretty soon. Absolutely. Pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Sure. Well, um, I'm really excited about something. Adam, do you want to tell them what, we're, what I'm really excited else about? Is that, did that say that right? What I'm really excited else? What else I'm really excited about? What else you're really excited about? What else are you really excited about? Tell us. We got a about our, about a our very special surprise for the night. Yes. Yes. So we are hosting a very special episode tonight. Um, and so we could not have this episode with the content we were going to talk about tonight. Skip, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about something that our viewers told, told us we needed to do an episode on, and that's came up a little bit in fake news last week, uh, wrestling. And wrestling. a lot of the viewers were like, hey, y'all need to do an episode on wrestling. And I'm like, what is more guy pod than freaking wrestling? That's it. So we knew we could not do a wrestling show without having this special guest on. So this is a guy. He's been a good friend of mine. We basically grew up together, so I've known him for a really long time. He is the better-looking half of one of the hottest musical duos in the entire Shoals area, Drum and Drummer. But for our purposes tonight, he is the host of the Wrestling Reel on 97.9 Fox Sports The Shoals every Wednesday, none other than the Chad Burdine. Let's welcome him to the show. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, Chad? Glad to be here on the Guy Pod with all you guys today. Thank you so much for having me, and happy Friday as well. I'm glad this whole quarantine 
issue and dilemma is somewhat coming to a head and we can get back to somewhat what the new normal may be. What that is, we don't know yet, but I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked to at least to be here with a romantic atmosphere with you guys tonight. So no doubt. it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So we have zero agenda tonight other than talking about wrestling because this is Alabama that's and that's how we say it. It's R-A-S-S-L-I-N. It's not wrestling. It's wrestling. So, Chad, tell us real quick, how, how did you get a radio show about wrestling? How did that happen? Well, um, I was in a group called The Local Saints um, a few years ago, and our manager or managers was Hallie Phillips and uh, Jerry Phillips, part of the, the famous uh, Sam Phillips family. And we were tracking our record at Sam Phillips Studio um, on Madison Avenue uh, for several weeks. And my uh, my partner in drum and drummer, Justin Holder, and I, like, we just, I don't know, we just have, we, we've, we've been friends for so long. We just have, like, this, this, this magnetic uh, chemistry that's, I'm not going to lie, it's somewhat undeniable and uh, because we're just so over the top. But. Hallie and Jerry, her father, Jerry, just approached us one night, you know, I think um, just after we just had a really, really long day of, of tracking was like, you guys want to do a wrestling show on Fox Sports Shoals? And like, we did, I mean, it was one of those moments, like we looked at each other, we were like, uh, yeah, Absolutely. you know, and totally. And so um, about two or three weeks later, we had some meetings in the boardroom with the other people from uh, Big River Broadcasting and um and then uh it just all kind of snowballed from there so it was just one of those things it's like they knew that we were ultimate pro wrestling fans because we would show up at our gigs with our championship belts and we'd put it over our drum set you know or like the percussion area or our mic stand or something so you always saw us and we were playing 20 you know we, we'd be playing like um it, it was competitive uh horse is what we would play in justin's backyard and the winner of it got to hold the title. And, you know, you had bragging rights for an entire week uh, until you had to put it up for grabs the following week. So, I mean, pro wrestling is in our blood, man. I've been watching it all my life. And it was just, it's so cool that the Phillips family um, asked us to do that. And we've been on air now for coming up on five years. It's hard to believe it's been half a decade we've been awesome. uh, live on the air. But, yeah, we did that every single Wednesday, 11 a.m. till noon on Fox Sports Shoals 97.9. It's the wrestling reel because it's still real to us. I love it. I love it. So, so I want to talk about, I'm probably not going to bring anything educational to this tonight. Shocker. Because um, I normally, to be honest, I don't ever, but especially tonight. But, you know, three of us are pretty close to the same age. Hey, now. In case y'all didn't realize that um, Skip's a little older. Um, I'm 37, Gooch, you're 37, Chad, how old are you? I turned 35 in just a few weeks. Okay, so we're all pretty close. And I'm in my 30s. We'll just go back. Skip's 50, and, uh, 50! Uh, uh, I'm 50, um, I love it! <laughs> so, so, I want to I say, I believe that there was two great eras of pro wrestling. Just One... To- Two great eras of pro wrestling. The first was the mid-80s when Hulkamania, you had Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant. They had the cartoon. Do you remember the cartoon? 
It was Rocket amazing. Moon, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm talking the yellow and red Hulkamania brother, you know, that part. That was the first greatest one. And then the second was the late 90s, which I like to lovingly call the Stone Cold era. But, but now, <laughs> what that's you, the best two. But what, what you forget, Josh, is that all of the pre-work done in the, in the mid-70s to like 1983, 84, when all the wrestling was happening in these little little sectors around the, the nation, and they all came together um, under the, the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, I think in like the 50s. But a huge, huge part of my childhood was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling on channels. It was back then, it was Channel 17 out of Atlanta, later became TBS. But in like 1983, Georgia Championship Wrestling got bought out by three of the wrestlers and they brought us the likes of Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper and some of those. And then they sold that to Vince McMahon in 1984, Jerry Briscoe, um, Jack Briscoe and Jim Barnett, three of the wrestlers. And I think Ole Anderson, they sold it to, um, to WWF. So I, I, I think you, you, you have to, you have to do it kind of like comic books. You got to have like a gold age, a silver age and a bronze age. Well, here's, let me put it. I look at it this way to your comment. You know, I look back at, you know, a model T, right? That was a car and it got you around. Yes. It was one of the first ones, but I really liked my new Silverado. You know, I like an F-150 now. I would much rather drive that every day. It's, it's better. But you also know, and you said to me a million times, you, the, if you, your dream truck is a 1985 short bed Silverado. Absolutely. So, it's my mid-80s oh comment. <laughs> but in the realm of this, you, you were, no, no, not even close. <laughs> what say you guys? What, what, what's the greatest areas in your, your opinion? I would agree with that. I think what, which I think they actually do break them up in the <clears throat> era. I'll let Chad speak to that. So the golden era was like mid eighties to like early nineties. So that's, that's when I was a little kid. So like up till I was 10, 11, you came up and it was the, um, the Ric Flair days, the ultimate warrior days. Um, but I'm absolutely of the opinion that the attitude era, so stone cold. Um, mm. I don't really know where it splits. Chad, you can help me. I don't know if like the NWO, WCW days, I don't know if that really is considered attitude era. It's kind of like the bridge part, but I was all into some wrestling when it was Man. NWO, baby. I was all, I was going to matches. I was, I was in. Absolutely. Well, in, in my opinion, it, it's hard to say what, uh, you know, for picking two uh, favorite eras, because, you know, we've all, you know, I feel like the, the common denominator that we can all agree on is, is the golden age. And then you had, you know, the early 90s where you got very cartoonish. And then you, which ushered in the notorious uh, attitude era. The Austin yep. era has begun. Um, but if I could, re if I, I would have loved to have grown up and been like in the moment with the 70s wrestling when there were still territories before it became very commercial when kayfabe was still intact you know and you know you never saw we didn't know anything about the real life personas it was it was still they were who they were is, is who they were you know um i would have loved to have grown up you know around like 
with the Von Erics or the the Freebirds, you know, in the seventies. I would have loved because you, you, when you hear a common denominator um, from that time, you, you, I mean, the Von Erics and the Freebirds. I mean, they were they were national celebrities. I mean, they couldn't go anywhere with girls just going absolutely nuts over them, you know. Um, and, and, and then and then you had real you had real life heat too. Like people were wanting to murder some people, you know, after certain shows because they were doing their job so yeah. well, you know. So. But as far as like experience, I mean, I, I, you've got to say the golden era. I mean, you have to because I feel like that was kind of what we were all established in was like you mentioned, Josh, uh, with Hulkamania starting to run wild. You know, the, the, uh, when Vince McMahon took a big gamble on WrestleMania 1 and then from, from then on, it was, it was, it was so commercial. It, was, it became a, a worldwide brand. Um, but then you cannot know. I mean, it was the greatest era in wrestling. It has to be. Uh, from a financial standpoint, was by far the attitude era. You know, there there will never, ever, ever be another time such as that. And just, I mean, what's hard to believe is like that was even, you know, before social media. You know, they were getting yeah. those kind of numbers. So imagine what that time, excuse me, <clears throat> would have been like with uh, with social media. So I, I'm definitely yeah. with, with the attitude era because the nitro parties, you know, the nitro oh, girls me. and stuff like that. Obviously, it was, oh, it was a lot of fun. As, as my wife is looking at me, going. <laughs> you know, I, I read something one time that said that um, Stone Cold outsold every other wrestler in merchandise added together times 10 or something ridiculous like that. I know I owned, I remember probably for me around ninth grade, I don't know what year that was, do the math, I'm 37, how many years ago it was, ninth grade to me was the height of 98 that era, you know, 1998. So I had like three or four Stone Cold shirts that I could wear to school. I had a couple that I couldn't wear to school, and um, like it was amazing. I had a, I had an, um, I had the NWO t-shirts. It was pop culture. Um, no oh, man, I just, I mean, like I, now, like you know, when we're just talking in normal everyday life, we have certain colloquial phrases and things that we say and different things like that was part of my language i talked like him i spoke like him i said the same stuff i mean just that's how i responded to everyday language you know i'm surprised like i don't know how, how my mom dealt with that stuff but i mean it was amazing and you know and it was great tv great tv great entertainment it really was all across the eras uh just super entertainment I love it. You know, I actually got to see Hulk, uh, see Hulk Hogan live in Huntsville, Alabama when I was, I don't know how old I was, but I was like little. I mean, I was like pre-kindergarten, probably four or five along through there. And um, we were sitting way up, way up in the nosebleeds. And um, I fell asleep right before Hulk Hogan came out. But I, uh, up until like two or three years ago, I still had the, the Hulk, the finger, the Hulkamania finger. But so technically I was there when he was live, but I actually see. So, so question for everybody, what is the first match you can remember seeing live? My, I'll uh, go first because it's obviously going to be the oldest one. Uh, we're, we're circa 1976. Well, you had to see it live because they didn't have TV then, right? Let me kill you. 1976, maybe, at the Russellville Coliseum. 
So fine establishment that is no wrestlers longer- were actually in black and white back then. That's what's weird. <laughs> they were the whole the whole the whole world was in black and white. And and I, I saw um Tojo Yamamoto mm-hmm. wrestle a masked dude named the Superstar. And that was, uh, I, I mean, I thought I had arrived because these were the guys that, that we would watch on Channel 31 out of Huntsville on Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons. And there they were five feet away from me in this little tiny, tiny arena in Russellville, Alabama. And it was like the greatest thing in the world. That's awesome. That's a, I, I, went, I saw, I don't know what it was called, but <clears throat> my mom's ex-husband had a couple of brothers that wrestled. And they, at one point, one of them got semi-famous. He was a bad guy. And we were in Albertville, Alabama, in this National Guard gym or something like that. And I remember I was probably, I don't know, 10-ish, 10, 11 on through there. And they had this belt match. But, like, this wasn't fake. I'm not insinuating that any of it's fake. But, like, they were taking these belts. That's what I'm saying. I, I was just, I say, so they were taking these belts and like hitting them with it, right? And I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. I want to do this right now. And um, my, I guess uncle, step uncle at the time, he wore like this black leotard with like this black mask, and he was a big old dude with a mullet because uh, this is what you wore as a wrestler was a mullet, a permed mullet, and they were hitting each other with belts. And my stepdad's mom was there. Well, she got mad at him and went and punched the guy and got thrown out of the gym. And it was awesome. <laughs> After that moment, like I, I was love hooked. her. I love her already. It was so. But I'm gonna tell you something. These guys were going all out. Like it was. I mean, it was like they were hurting each other. I loved it, you know. And then my second favorite thing. So I was probably 16, 17. They, the last time, you know, during that time when they came to Huntsville, um, we went, me and my buddy Jeremy Farmer, and I got the slow clap started. <laughs> You're the slow clap. Man. I got the slow clap started for, for everywhere. It's like, boom, boom. So, you know, you start going faster. I got that started for the entire arena, and uh, it was you amazing. explain the concept of the slow clap to, our, to us and our audience. That was, that well, was I needed you to see it and feel it. <laughs> It was great. It was great. I think the first match, well, at least my most memorable match, I was, like Josh said, I was probably ninth grade, eighth grade. Um, This was in the, not just the NWO days, this is the days, this was the Sting leather jacket, like crow face paint days. When you never knew when the lights in the arena were going to go off and Sting was going to come dropping in with his baseball bat from the rafters, you know? I, I just got kill bumps. Oh, come on. But we were um, – I think we went to Nashville for a Nitro event, and it's the only time in my life where I was within one decision away from my dad beating this drunk dude to a pulp because he spilled his beer all over my mom. Mm. And my dad about lost it, got in this dude's face. Uh, that dude went back. And I was ready for, for it to go down in the stands. Um, but it just hey, that and, to, and to be honest, Kenny Gooch is big enough to be a wrestler. <laughs> he, he could throw. You know, He's a hoss. He, he could throw down a little like, bit. I don't know how that just he sounds is, like a wrestler's name, but, Kenny Gooch. Right? Like, I would, like, he's an older dude now, but I wouldn't fight him. Yeah. To he be fair, fight. I don't want to fight anybody. 
but like I really would like he's a uh, he's still yeah. pretty strong. You get you get old man strength. There is old man strength. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's it true. Is. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Skip, it's, yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah, you let you let somebody come do something to my kid, my twenty two year old kid. Old man strength yeah. comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, seeing NWO, seeing that whole the giant in his day, um, Hollywood Hogan. So he had already joined NWO by that time. Man. And these guys are just not only their personas are larger than life, but they are literally larger than life. The giant walking down that aisle and you see him walk by you. He's wider than a refrigerator and taller than a door, you know, and wow. it's just unbelievable um, how big some of those guys are. You know, I think sometimes the athleticism that they have to use and that they have gets lost sometimes in the – because if we're being honest, and I don't mean this as a term of endearment, it's a redneck soap opera, you know, in that terminology, you know, like women watch Days of Our Lives, things like that. I mean, because it's as much the storylines and what's going on as it is what's happening, and it's like the perfect scenario. Well – you know, these guys are an amazing athletes. Yeah. I mean, if they fall the wrong way or something, they're paralyzed, you know? I mean, yeah. and they're, when you see them jump off the top of the cage and fall through two ladders and a, break through a table, they're really doing that. I mean, that's not special effects. I mean, so say it's fake or real, I mean, I mean, what's fake? I mean, that they fell through those tables? No, that's 100% real. Let's say it's somewhat scripted, but it's it's the action's real. Yeah, it's oh. predetermined. It's predetermined, but it's not fake. So, Chad, who was who was your first first match? What's the first one you can remember? I mean, I've I've been to so many uh, live events. I mean, I've been to three WrestleMania. I've been to countless Raws and SmackDown. I've been to a few AEW shows. I've, I mean, you name it, I, I've been to them. But my very first match I ever went to. Um, my dad took me to a Nitro uh, in Huntsville at the Von Braun Center in 97. And you know, when you're before you actually walk to your seat, you know, you can kind of look through like the little tunnel and you can see what's kind of going on uh, in the arena. I remember walking just, you know, highly anticipating the excitement was there. I couldn't wait to go to my seat. So I kind of took a peek, you know, before I kind of walked down and got to my, uh, to my designated area. And I remember seeing so vividly, I can remember right now, it was Ice Train and fire Scott Norton in a tag team match against, can we say Chris Benoit on here? Can we say that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're, not, we're not blackballing him on the show? Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, versus, versus Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. And I remember seeing that. I'll, I'll never forget going, okay, I'm about to witness professional wrestling, you know? And I remember watching it from right there. But that was, and you know, um, Adam, you mentioned, you know, the Crow Sting. That was actually the way that that show went off air. Um, it was where DDP came in the ring and he was trying to save the day and they all beat up DDP. Bang! <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, DDP is getting beat up on. So Sting repels down. He actually hooks DDP up to his harness and they both repel back up to the rafters. Chills again right there. Oh. One of the greatest, you know, send-offs. And, and every time I go back to the Von Braun Center, I think that I'll always look up in the Raptors as one of these things still up there. <laughs> you know. Next? But, I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, seeing Hulk Hogan and, and all that. Like, I actually got to meet him once. And this was uh, during his uh, run with Impact Wrestling or TNA. 
And uh, I got to meet him and his daughter, Brooke, backstage. And Brooke is just about as big as Hulk oh, yeah. is. I mean, she is. Do you remember, remember that reality show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I watched yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that helped the Hulkster very much. Hey, Skip, <laughs> can you pop Josh Bird's comment up on the screen? Yeah. Because it, it's worth. Uh, it's worth everybody seeing. It's worth jumping in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. That's great. What was the name of that reality? Was it Hogan Knows Best? No. That's it. Yeah. That was uh, it. Hogan Knows Best. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was awesome. You know. Well, he needed I, the money. Um, he needed the money. He was going yeah. broke. You oh, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, same reason why he joined TNA. I mean, he was going broke, and then of course, you know, he had all those other scandals and. Now he's like one of the richest guys, and if not the richest guy ever in professional wrestling, from his uh, compensation from, you know, the trial. So, yeah, crazy. it's crazy, crazy, crazy run that that guy's had. <laughs> right? You know, I um, I have a confession. So I was so hardcore heavy into wrestling in the late nineties that we actually did backyard wrestling, and um, we had mattresses and box we had box springs and we had a ring that we built in this guy's backyard and me and my buddy jeremy we were a tag team and we were the clowns we wore face paint like a clown we had red wigs and we had the outfit the videos are somewhere out there that was back in the vhs the big thing days um I have no idea. Um, this was in Fayetteville, Tennessee. Actually, it was Park City, Tennessee. It was a, not actually. It was Fayetteville, but not really Fayetteville, you know. And uh, um, it's kind of like Petersville to Florence. But um, we did that for a couple of years. They videoed all of it. We had announcers. We had intro music. The whole nine yards. I would give pretty much anything to see those now. But um, we were the clowns. That was our tag team deal and none of us were in shape but what's cool is is that two of the guys that used to do that with us actually became wrestlers um they never made it to like the level of wcw that 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 type stuff but they were they traveled around and were you know the all these these regional shows and stuff like that it was pretty pretty cool but uh i've actually legit backyard wrestled you got a cease and desist letter from Doink, right? For gimmick infringement. <laughs> That's what it was. Doink and That's Dink. It. That's why we had to. Uh, I forgot what our names were. It was something stupid. You know, I mean, it was something that a 14 year old thought was really awesome, you know, at the time. <laughs> the um, clowns. Give it up for the clowns. My favorite. You got to remember growing up, though. See, I didn't do the mattress and box springs, but you didn't live if you weren't a kid that still had your wrestling buddy. Y'all remember wrestling buddies? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I had the million dollar man and the ultimate warrior. And we would throw down on some trampolines with our wrestling buddies. I was That's working awesome. on my second um, second mortgage by the time wrestling buddies came out. So we got a I had one. We got a question from uh, Thad Boughton. Uh what's your dream matchup from across the eras? Ooh, so like pick anybody against anybody. Yep. Mm. Tag, uh, tag team or single action. I don't care. So, all right, I need to think about it for a second. Somebody else go. Yeah, I'm going to go because I saw this question a while ago and I've actually been giving it some thought. I would, I would, I would be 
Tony Atlas and Ric Flair from late 70s versus Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts in a tag team match. That 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 would be I would that would be one I would pay pay to see. Hmm. What's the story? What's the build behind it? Well, Hulk Hogan and Jake were the ones that were like really coming up when when I kind of drifted off from watching wrestling, and uh, Ric Flair and Tony Atlas were like the bomb partners when I was heavily heavily watching it week in week out. And uh, it, uh, honestly, that that era, I mean, it takes me back to a lot of time I spent with my dad. You know, you talked about your dad going going and taking you to the to the Nitro match there. And my dad, if wrestling was on, he was in his chair and you didn't say a word. You watched it with him. You didn't talk about it. You 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 watched. And then when it was all over, you broke it down hour by hour, match by match. But uh, it, it, it just kind of takes me back to those days of, of kind of getting to hang with dad. Of course, you know, not to take this down a sad road, but dad's been gone a few years now. And that was just a fun, fun time hanging out with dad, watching, watching those guys wrestle. So, so it was, that, that would be my dream match. I got my answer. So this was off the cuff, and I feel like after I've said this, I'm like, tonight I'm going to wake up at 1 a.m. and be like, God, why did I say this? So off the cuff. So in their prime, Ric Flair and Steve Austin, everything I'm going to say tonight is going to involve Stone Cold because he's the best. So Ric Flair and Steve Austin, tag team partners, both of them in their prime, against the Ultimate Warrior and Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, Ultimate Warrior, face paint, multicolored, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, I think that would be a fun match to see. Just because, uh, just because I, I feel like that would be fun. I have no deep story like Skip, and that was on the fly. <laughs> so I'm going to go, and then I'll let the the expert give his because his is going to actually probably have more thought behind it. <laughs> but I've got two answers, so I'm going to give two answers instead of going tag teams because I just think it'd be cool matches to see. So I would like to see the Golden Era Giant, right? Andre the Giant versus the Big Show Giant. Mm. Giant versus Giant. Mm. Just because they're both massive, and I think that'd be cool to see. The Chad, others. Chad and or Natalie agree with you. We don't agree? know. We don't. Chad. So, Chad, this Chad B, we're not sure who it is because they have a joint Facebook account. Yeah. <laughs> the other that I would say. And so me growing up, he was never one of like my favorite wrestlers. But when you talk about the athleticism, entertainment from the time they came in the ring until they went out, I'm going to go Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Ooh, that would be fun. You talk about high-flying, energy, athletes, uh, the Dragon versus Mysterio is what I'm going. That's That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Mine, I mean, there's obviously you can go – with anybody here. Um, I, I was a really big CM Punk fan when he was active. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, and also the Macho Man. I think if you put both of them together in a match, not only would you get like some technical prowess from both competitors, but the buildup for that match, both guys on a mic, I mean, that would that's box office. I mean, they would 
on a promo level, their back and forth verbiage with each other would be phenomenal. I mean, it, it would be, it'd be, it'd be outstanding. Um, and I just used the word phenomenal. You know, it was, it was teased a couple of years ago to see um, AJ Styles uh, and he was trying to get Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement. And I would have loved to see AJ Styles and um, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels go one on one. But I'm going to have to go with CM Punk versus the Macho Man because both of those, uh, I feel like a build for that kind of monumental matchup would just, uh, it, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be box office. And, you know, and that's, that's where you, you try to get the money is from, from your box office take. So that's, that's mine. That's just off the top of my head. I could, you know, we, we all could go with so many different um, scenarios and matchups, but I'm just going, uh, you know, CM Punk versus uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So I love Macho Man. Absolutely. So, so it's so funny. So Allstate, I'm an Allstate agent. Gave makes us do these seventeen digit passwords, and it's so dumb, and it changes every thirty days, and who can remember that? So I do wrestler names because it, they're long, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, I've had both of those as passwords, so every time I change it, I change it to a wrestler name, <laughs> just because that's the only thing I could think of that was long enough that I could, my brain could remember. <laughs> you know, somebody commented in there, Trevor. Uh, Cretoni said something about The Rock. Who remembers The Rock even as a wrestler? Can we consider The Rock a wrestler anymore? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Absolutely. Is he he still a wrestler or is he an actor? He's always a wrestler. Well, you better know. I wonder, though, at the end end of his career, what's he going to be better known for? You know, I mean, he was a great wrestler. I mean, I, I like The Rock. But now, you know, as an actor, I mean, I've almost forgot about him as the wrestler. You know, no one in all of history except possibly John Belushi raises an eyebrow as well as The Rock. <laughs> I can't do it. Touche. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, yeah, I, it's, it's funny. Um, you mentioned The Rock. So I, I got a butt in here. So, you know, on, on Facebook or, you know, your, your photos, albums, whatever, it, it says like on this day. And so you have a time to reminisce. Well, I think it was like two nights ago, I was going through my on this day and I went to a, a, a raw in Nashville. I had second row seats and you guys may have remembered this. This is the build uh, I feel like for CM Punk versus The Rock and The Rock was a champ at the time. Well, The Rock had a, a quite the history of living um, in Nashville and basically I, could, I, I know for a fact Vince McMahon just said, hey, just take the microphone out there and just entertain. Just do what you do best. So he was taking everybody down like memory lane about all the, the time he spent in Nashville when he was in high school and um, buying a, a car from a, from a crack dealer and having to return it back, you know, to a Burger King on Broadway and all this jazz. But I'll never forget saying that he walked into this bar and in walked someone magical. And if you guys know me at a wrestling show, I, my voice carries very strongly uh, and I'm not scared to draw attention to myself whatsoever. And I'm more than likely the most fun person to ever go to a live show with. Like you just mentioned the slow clap, you know, bro, you ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm serious though. No, we all need to go to a show. But he said, and in walked someone magical. And there was like a half second of, of like spare opportunity where I just took advantage of it. I just yelled, Jeff Jarrett, because we're in Nashville, right? And he's like the king of, of wrestling in Nashville. The Rock breaks character on live, on Raw, on USA, looks right at me, goes, nope. 
not Jeff Jarrett looks, you know, and Ed, everybody's laughing in the crowd because, you know, he's over TNA at the time or Impact. Jeff yeah. Jarrett is. And he has not been mentioned at all on WWE programming in years and still had it. And then you hear Jerry Lawler laughing his tail off because I went back and watched uh, the DVR or the recording of it. And they're all losing it. Jeff Jarrett is trending nationwide on Twitter and then in multiple languages all over Google for like the next day and a half, for like the next awesome. like almost 36 hours. And so there's a lot of banter back and forth on Twitter between Jeff Jarrett and The Rock. And everybody's thinking, oh, Jeff Jarrett's coming back to WWE or Jeff Jarrett's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. No, I just I just took uh, one second opportunity and just was being a smart aleck, you know, and said, Jeff Jarrett. And he breaks character, looks right at me, says, nope, not Jeff Jarrett. And it was, it was that that was my rock That's moment, cool. and that popped up on my on my uh, my my memories uh, a couple nights ago. That's cool. You know, you know a great bad guy, Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I, in my opinion the top five of all time. I, yeah. I just I, a lot of you know everybody. My favorite ones were the ones I hated the most. You know, and um, Chris Jericho was just. You never know what he was going to do or whatever yep. else. What an amazing entertainer. And I think that's why The Rock translated so well into acting. Speaking of translating so well into acting, John Cena hasn't. Can I be honest that I don't like John Cena? I just think John Cena's dumb. Why? I've never liked him. Because I think he's a nerd. And he's a horrible <laughs> actor. I just don't like him. Could he smash me into smithereens? Absolutely. He's a multi-millionaire. He does not need my approval whatsoever. I just never I just never liked him. I don't know why. I feel the same way about Kevin Bacon. Can't stand Kevin Bacon. Hate his face. I mean, I cannot I don't like the way he looks, the way he talks. I will not watch any movies with Kevin Bacon in it. Um and I kind of feel the same way about John Cena. I mean, I'll watch movies with him if he's in it, but I just I just don't really like him. But I you, don't really have any good reasons. You love the Froggy Fresh slash Krispy Kreme songs about him. I was just, I will course, always, of course, I will I always be a fan because of course. the Christmas yeah. song. Yeah, John Cena action figure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's old school Krispy Kreme. Yes, yeah, yeah. before he, he got a season of season. Not a sponsor. <laughs> and it came Froggy Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I, 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 just, think, I think people just got like you think about how much he's just been the face for so long. I think people get tired of him, but I think it's the same way, probably because I don't remember it because I wasn't old enough that Hogan was that way when they started back in the golden era of the 80s. Like he was everywhere, he was, yeah, he headlined like the first nine WrestleManias, you know, so like he was always the champion. He was mm -hmm. always people wanted him to lose just because I'm tired of you being, yeah the champion and I think seen as that way. I think people just, they don't want him to win because they're yeah. tired of winning. That's that fair. Sense. That's fair. You know, um, Chris Jericho, I'm, I'm still on Chris Jericho in my head. You know, he's got a rock band. They're not very good, but they don't suck. Ozzy. Yeah. But, but they're, they're okay. Huh. They're cool. So. His uh, that song Judas, which is actually his theme song right now. Um, are, have you guys been watching AEW at all on Wednesday nights? No, no. Gotta watch it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's such a great alternative. Well, it's not the best time right now because obviously there's no fans in attendance right now, and that's something kind of cool to talk about too. It's weird. 
it's very weird. Um, but it just goes to show you, you know, we talked about athleticism, how great they are. But not only that, just how pro wrestling is based is a business based on reaction. It yeah. really is. It's, it's, they get their money from reaction. If you don't get that, there's no money. There's no money, yeah. you know. Um, but you mentioned Chris Jericho and their band and his band Fozzy. Like his his theme song is called Judas, and um, it's it's a really good catchy song. But you know, obviously, all the pro wrestling fans are known as Marks, right? So at AEW shows, they're just they're singing lyric for lyric nonstop the entire chorus. Like when that chorus hits, I become, I become, I become. I mean, they all just go nuts, and it's a really cool song. But he plays Chris Jericho plays the face and the and the heel so well. Uh, even though he he enjoys being a heel, he 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 knows how to get a pop from the crowd. You know, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 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 the goat in my opinion, and he's he's able to change with the times, continuously reinventing himself. Um, he, I mean, he can get anything over. He can get a catchphrase over. He can get a scarf over. He can get a list over. He can get absolutely anything over because he is that smart. He's the ultimate entertainer in the pro wrestling yeah. world. Chris Jericho. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. To me, that's one of the coolest things when you talk about all of us are business owners. We all do business. Like to me, wrestling is so interesting because of how they've had to, we talk about all these different eras, but all the eras are in response to dollars. Like, okay, we're having to pivot and shift our entire business model, how we're portraying our characters, the storylines we're telling. You see that ebb and flow because it's all business and how they're, when you see, of course, now, like you see Triple H, like you take him out of the ring. He's a genius when it comes to the business world, you know? Um, so I love just watching him from that perspective of if anybody's had to reinvent themselves and still make a profit during this time, it's wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know what we haven't talked about? Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, in 90, what was it, 99 when they – first became like a billion dollar a year in industry. He actually, he was running out of people that he was able to find coming up through the ranks to be a heel. And so what did he do? The <laughs> CEO of the freaking company jumps in the ring as a heel. It's like, I got this. <laughs> I'm like, tag me in. Uh, um, I, he's, you know, he, he plays that. So a lot of people's egos get in the way of things. All of our egos get in the way of stuff on a daily basis whether you think you don't have one or you do or whatever it it happens he is i mean as far as from the outside looking in from the business perspective he's played the bad guy he's played the there's something in here there's a gnat in here um he played the bad guy yeah that's what it was uh and all of that so well that um i just always thought that was super brilliant because i can't stand him but i love him for that you know and that's uh, um, a lot of people's, you know, I've been watching um, the last, uh, um, the, Dark Side. Uh, the, no, the Jordan uh, documentary, the um, last, uh, Dance. last Dance and Jerry Krause, that stupid GM, like I hate him, but <laughs> just because I hate him. Well, I hated Vince McMahon for the same reasons, but Vince McMahon was playing a, playing a part, you know, and which made me like him. So I don't know if that made sense at all, what I just said, but um, he's brilliant. brilliant I, can't wait for a te- I can't wait for a tell-all book or biopic or something um, because uh, I just um, assumed that you were talking about the dark side of wrestling, which comes on, I think, every Tuesday 
on the Vice Network at like 9 p.m. Um, it's obviously it is what it is. It's 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 the dark it's the dark side of wrestling. It's the, it's the dark stories that you know a lot of people don't know about. But Vince McMahon has seen it all. He has seen everything. He's been, he's been involved with more scandal um, and more propaganda than anybody in the sports related world. And he's overcome every single one of them, whether it's steroids, whether it's a death of a of a wrestler. Whether it's, I mean, you name it, he has overcome it somehow, yeah. some way. I mean, the dude's on top. I mean, and, and and you can't, you cannot knock him off. You know, even though that was the that was the rule number one that all territory, you know, bookers uh, said that they would never compete against each other. They they would lend talent to each territory, you know, but they would never compete against each other. And and that was the one thing that everybody just hated Vince at the beginning when. He competed and he went national. Then he went, you know, worldwide, you know, and and then Chris Jericho actually narrates that dark side of wrestling. So again, that just proves another reason why he's the greatest, the you know. But um, but you mentioned, but you mentioned, you know, the playing a character with Vince McMahon. I mean, first of all, I loved him on commentary because he knew how to get over the talent. He knew how to get over the story because it was his creation, it was his idea. Who yeah. better to put it over on television than hearing it from the horse's mouth, you know? Um, uh, but him playing the evil Mr. McMahon character and then Austin being, he, he was a, he was a tweener. He wasn't a heel. He wasn't a face. He was a tweener. He was an in-betweener, you know, but who would not want to beat up your boss? That's what made it so relatable to everybody. It's like you get revenge on someone that just works you to death, you know, overwork, underpaid, you know, and you get your comeuppance and he stone cold stunned the crap out of him. You know, I mean, that's just, that's what everybody wants. That's what eyes, that's what made millions. Ten millions of dollars. Do <laughs> you, you remember when was it Donald Trump that shaved his head? Yeah. Did, did I think that was WrestleMania twenty three. It was what that was a twenty four. Yeah. That's enough. Donald Trump's been on been on wrestling shows several several <laughs> times. That's yeah. enough for him to get reelected. <laughs> well, WrestleMania uh, four and five uh, was actually at um, Trump uh, Plaza. Yeah. I mean that him kept helping Kevin McAllister. I mean. <laughs> time. Uh, oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> question for you, because Chad said it. He threw out the move. If you had to pick a greatest finisher, Ooh. finishing move, is it the Stone Cold Stunner, or do you have a different finishing move? You know mine. You're sticking with the Stunner, of course. I'm going sweet chin uh, music. I'm a that's arguable. That was up there for sure um, because it could come out of nowhere, you know. But um, but that's one thing I hate too because everybody is a super kick now. That's what I, yeah. I hate. Mm. It's like that move back then. You you didn't kick out of a finisher. Now it's like everybody well, hey, is a super kick, and it's what, like, it's yeah, like what, about, what about this though? <laughs> 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 that, was, that was my attempt at Ric Flair. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was horrible. You knew what I was doing. You have to take though. your shirt off and do an elbow drop on it, and you got to finish it off. <laughs> like I want to wrestle somebody right now, except I don't want to touch anybody and get hurt and over the coronavirus. I'm going with the sharpshooter, man. I, uh, hey. I, I I was a sucker for you know technical and, and submissive moves because, at, you know that those those are the moves that you always wanted to put on your little brother. Or like I'm out of breath right now. Yeah, you know, I bet <laughs> you're done. So, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the sharpshooter, I mean, that just looked like something, you know, there's so many iconic moments of Brett putting that, that maneuver on people where they're in agonizing pain, you know, uh, the, obviously the shot where Austin is, is from, from um, WrestleMania 13, where, where his face is covered in the proverbial crimson mask, you know, I mean, he is just completely drenched in his own blood and he doesn't even tap out. He passes out because that move was so devastating, you know, so I'm going with, you know, uh, the sharpshooter, which obviously Sting, you know, did a did a variation of it with the Scorpion Deathlock. But I'm going with the sharpshooter, man. I just that was so fun to to to, to torture people with as a kid. Right. You no. know, I'm sitting here think. I'm sorry, Skip. Uh, no, time out. I'm sitting here thinking. I can only think of three finishers. Oh I think God! Of oh. DD, oh, DDPs, Diamond Dice Pages. What is it? What's it called? Um, Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter and Goldberg. I mean, the the spear and the Stone Cold Stunner. And the Jackhammer. And I I can't think of any more, the name of them. I can't can't think of any more. Get out, Josh. Get out. You're right there. What's the figure four? You were just doing Ric Flair. What about the figure four? Well, figure four, that's it. Yeah. It was the submission hold of my era and the sleeper hold. The yeah. DDT was the first real like, like slam them into the mat finisher that that came along around my era. To, uh, tombstone? Well, that was was Undertaker's called the Tombstone? Am I making yeah. that up? Yeah, it was. no, no, you're right. Yeah, Tombstone Pile Driver. Um, Actually, what's some more? Any yeah. of the variations of the Pile Drivers were they they were the first ones of slamming people to the mat. But I mean, you you had to really play an actor's portion to make a sleeper or a figure four look like it actually hurt. Cause we tried those in the backyard. That, that doesn't even hurt. Oh, a figure four. Oh, if you put that on, right. Oh, it kills. Yeah. It kills. So yeah, but then like, if you look at, but if you look at Nate, yeah, yeah. Well, if you look wow. at, if you look at Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, she does, <laughs> she does a variation of it called the figure eight is what she does. Uh. And what she does, she puts them in the figure four, but then she like does this like back bend where she gets like this and then their legs are completely up in the air. And it's just like, it's, it's tearing your, your knees and your ankles apart, but it's called the figure eight. It's pretty impressive. Hey, Chad, you may, you, you're probably the only one that even know this guy and you're younger than the rest of them. Uh, but do you remember Kevin Sullivan and the Boston crab? That, oh, absolutely. That, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I hate Kevin Sullivan for a lot of different <laughs> reasons. Uh, anyway, yes, I totally remember that in the Boston crab. but I think who, who actually made that move pretty popular, at least brought it to uh, the forefront was Rick Martell, the model Rick Martell. Yeah. He used that move. And then, of course, um, uh, again, it all comes back to Chris Jericho. He did a, varia- a variation of it. Um, he called it the Lion Tamer in WCW, but then he called it the Walls of Jericho in WWE. Um, you know, and it's, it, I, but I loved his variation of it because he would actually put his knee on the back of your neck and pull up backwards like that. Oh yeah. Uh, but now he just, you know, he's gotten all fat and flabby. He just doesn't. <laughs> he just just doesn't regular. You know, just pulls the two legs back, but. Yeah, I love the Boston Crab, man, but I hate Kevin Sullivan. Good question. <laughs> hmm. I'm sitting here. I'm all stuck on trying to think of all the the names of stuff, and all I can see is Stone Cold jumping up and shooting everybody a bird and smashing a beer can on his head. Like that's stuck in my brain. That, that's all I can see. So I want to I, I want to quiz you, Young Bucks, just for a second. Young Bucks, oh, great tag team too. Check those guys out. 
my favorite tag team currently right now. AEW. Hey, y'all remember Mankind? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. God, he was nuts. The Mandible Claw. There you go. There's another finisher for you. Oh, oh yeah. did he, didn't he put like a sock over his hand? Yeah. Mr. Socko, yeah. But it was still the same yeah. thing, Mr. Socko. Uh, he just stick his yeah. finger in your mouth and cut off your air supply. Yeah. Actually, Bray Wyatt, he, that's his move now, too. You know, I met Bray Wyatt at Tampa Airport two months ago. <laughs> he was a yellow dreadlock hair guy, right? Yes, yes. I was walking on the plane, and I, I walked past him, and I was like, that's a wrestler. Like, I, I'm trying to remember who it is. I'm like, I just, he looks like a wrestler, and I know I've seen him before. And, and it's so funny that me and my wife will end up, we don't sit down and, like, purposely watch wrestling, but once or twice a month, it's we end up watching when you do it when you watch it, right? Like we end up watching it, you know, an accident, and next thing you know, an hour's gone by, you know. And and so when I got off the plane, I was like, man, I want to, I want to meet him, I want to talk to him, and definitely get the old, you know, selfie. And we end up in the bathroom, and he was in there freshening up, and I was like, this would be weird. Like I thought about doing it because we weren't at the urinal. It would totally be weird at the urinal, but he's over here by the sink, but. Anyway, so I didn't, and so I'm like, crap, I wasted my moment, so I'm walking to baggage claim, and I'm like, this is stupid, and I get something to drink, and I'm, I'm over there, the next thing I know, he walks up beside me, and I was like, yes, this is, not so I got a, got a picture with him, talked to him for a minute, super nice guy, I mean, like, you know who his dad really is, don't you? cool. His dad is, uh, his dad's a wrestler, and his brother is too, isn't he? Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Um... He was, his dad is a. Uh, he used to be IRS. He was he was tagged. Uh, he was tagging with Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man, and uh, Money it. Incorporated. That's and then his brother, that's 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 right. Right. his brother is Bo Dallas. His brother is Bo Dallas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, super cool guy. Super cool guy. All these cool names, and and I do. I I want to quiz you guys on stage names versus real names. See see who you know and who you don't know. You want to play that game right yeah. quick? I'm going to be terrible. Absolutely. But I'll play. I, I, bet, I bet Chad is going. Oh! Clean y'all's clocks. Uh, we probably don't, I don't even know. I don't know. We'll see. So, first one's an easy one. Terry Jean Belay. Who is that? Hogan. That's Hulk. That's Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Josh had like, who? Yeah, Hulk Hogan. It's Terry, man. I'll let y'all answer first so I don't give anything away. Yeah. <laughs> so, what? It, what? what's Triple H's real name? Anybody? Hunter Harsh Helmsley. Paul Levesque. Yes, Paul. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. All of that. Good. I didn't know his last name. At least I knew what Triple H stood for. <laughs> I mean, I ought to get a half a point for that. So who was Mark Calloway better known as? The Undertaker. Oh, y'all are getting y'all's butt kicked. I told you he would. Uh, Big Show's real I, name. Paul White. Oh, my gosh. He's hey, killing hey, me. Come out, no. Listen, while we're talking about that, have y'all watched his TV show? Not yet. Not yet. It's I heard really it's really good. good. It's yeah, really yeah. good. It's like the third best show on Netflix right now. I saw. It's very yeah. good. So you need to watch it. It's family friendly. My youngest Liam loves it. The big shows are good. It's worth watching. My my eight year old daughter, my middle daughter, she she watched it. It was cool. Yeah. All so right. let's go to some of the women. Amy Christine Dumas, Dumas Dumas D U M A S Dumas Lita Diva, known as who? Lita. 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 He's a he. he Chad, a thousand. Okay, Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. All the same guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, hang on. Don't say it yet, Chad. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say it. I was going to say that one. 
I really need that. I really need that. I really need that. Yeah, that's what y'all do. Y'all, y'all think about it first because I'm, I'm pretty much gonna know a lot of these. Y'all, y'all do your thing. Give us a chance here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That was the only one I knew. Here's here's a crazy one. Aurelian Smith Jr. Hmm. His dad was also a wrestler. Smith Jr. And fun fact about his dad. Say that again. Who is it again now? Aurelian Smith Jr. And I'll give you a U R E L I A N Smith. It's not. And it's it's not the British Bulldogs. No, is it? No. Here's a hint. Um, This guy's dad was also a wrestler. And this guy came into existence because his dad raped a 13 year old. Oh, that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Did we just go there? Um, I. I'm more lost now, now, now than I was is, before. Is, is, is this is this allegedly, or did he actually do this? Uh, the raping out of out of Jake the Snake's Robert's own own mouth. Because a lot of people are saying that uh, Macho Man was involved with Stephanie at a very young age, and so I don't know if that's what you're relating to or not. No, this, the, the okay, guy, good. The guy I'm talking about is Jake the Snake Roberts, and his dad was the one that um. That did the uh, alleged um, raping. Ah. Hmm. So what? Skip took it. Skip took it yeah. dark pretty oh. quick. It's the uh... <laughs> escalated quickly. So, okay, easy one. What's Sting's real name? Not not from the police, but Sting, the wrestler. Steve Borden. Yes. And finally, what, what was Chris Benoit known before he was Chris Benoit? Did you put a Chris Benoit in there? Really? Yeah. Um, There's been some really ro- bad Chris Benoit memes lately. Oh, like yeah. his his oh, new God. like his his Japan his Japanese name. The, I don't know if it was Japanese. Because he was Chris, the uh, Christopher he, Christopher. Well, he Christopher. had nicknames. He was the Crippler yeah. Cross. Uh, he was he was the Crippler, and then he was the Wolverine. Um, uh, but I cannot remember brother. when he wore a mask. Was it when he wore a mask? You know. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's the Pegasus Kid. Yeah. It's a kid. Oh, I thought you were talking about the real name. No, his, his stage name. Oh, well, you you did that opposite. I knew that. I mean, you were I, giving us wrestling names. Yeah, you we did. had to guess the real name. That's why you threw me off. Jeez. Pegasus Kid, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Fake news, too, Chad. You'll figure oh, that out. Oh, my gosh. By the way, Chad, you get to play fake news with us tonight, too. Hey, I've got All a right, trivia. Yeah. Chad, i got a trivia for you. Why did Stone Cold quit wrestling? Which time? The final time. Uh, the real reason. Well, when he walked out, because he didn't want to put over talent. That was, uh, that was one of the reasons. Um, uh, and money and not putting over talent. That was what he's admitted to now. Um Medical and he, medical. Oh, was uh, his his well, his neck was one reason. Final stenosis. Yeah, same thing with Edge and same thing with uh, Daniel Bryan and, and a lot of those guys. Man, that's it's, it put them out for a while. And props to Edge. I don't know if you guys know this, but Edge came back. Um, he he retired uh, after spinal stenosis and and neck injury a couple years or nine years ago. But he actually just came back. He worked yeah. his way back to. Clearance, so props to him. That's cool. Wow. That's cool. 
So let's let's look at some of our comments over here. See if we got any questions. Um, anything anyone wants to? Ah, here we go. Tatanka. Tatanka was. Great. I love Tatanka. I love it. I love Tatanka. Yes. Uh, the Road great. Warriors. The Road Warriors. That's the guys that wore the shoulder the pads. shoulder pads and. Oh yeah, with the sword. Hawking somebody talked somebody talk about the Bushwhackers too, man. They were great. Yeah. They were great on Family Matters. Did you guys ever watch that episode? <laughs> oh, you guys Bam, watch- Bam Bam Bigelow? Yeah, rest in peace, man. He was he was incredible. The, the beast from the east. Uh, uh, who else? What else? We got Lex Luger. You know, some some of the funny stuff is you think about some of these wrestlers. You know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like his first name was like. Pretty boy Joe or something like that. He had like blonde hair and it was just stunning a total, Steve. Stunning Steve, that was it. And he was like a tool, you know. I mean, and then it became Steve Austin. It was like the opposite of that. Um, that was great. Yokozuna, that's a good one. Um, Did you know he was Samoan? He wasn't even Japanese. <laughs> that's about right. No, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow, fantastic. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's related to like the Roman Reigns, uh, the and uh, how do you pronounce that? It's A apostrophe N O A I family with like uh, the Usos and uh, Jimmy Snuka and all those uh, tribal characters. So you, you know, got to remember when when Christy Lauper was a manager on WWF back in the day? Absolutely. Had, had Captain Lou Albano in one of her mu- I, music videos. I, I did not yep. know that. Yeah, that was that was for the build for WrestleMania one, man. They had to they had to cross over to the music right. and pop culture scene to make it work. And, oh, and junk, junkyard dog, God, I forgot about junkyard dog, man. That's awesome. That Brutus, is awesome. The barber, Brutus the barber beefcake. He was good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a '90s gimmicky. He just got inducted. Was it last or the year before last into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Um, and he actually, do you guys remember, remember Brutus on WrestleMania 9 at all? He uh, he had like a really bad motorcycle accident and messed his face up. So he and Hogan were teaming and they came out and they were going uh, up against uh, Money Incorporated, which was uh, Ted DiBiase and IRS. And they were the tag champs at the time. But but Brutus came out with like this red and yellow mask. Do y'all remember that at all? Uh, I do. Yeah, he, I do. Like, I do. Yeah, he was protecting his, uh, his precious face from a... Uh, and ironically, oh. uh, Hogan got punched in the eye. I, I don't know by who. I think it was because he was trying to invoke his uh, creative control power because he later became champion at the very end of that show out of nowhere. <laughs> Bret Hart def- or uh, Yokozuna beat Bret Hart in the main event. And then and then they said, Yokozuna can beat anybody. And then Hogan's like, I'll, I'll take him on. And then he wins in like five seconds. Oh, God. How about be wearing his parrot? Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Hey, the the four horsemen. We haven't oh, talked yeah. about that. No doubt. We haven't talked about that. Gold greatest Dust. factions. Gold Dust. What a weirdo. That hey, awesome. Yeah. Greatest faction has to be Degeneration X. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something yeah. out. That you, one, yeah. you can't talk <laughs> about the Attitude Era and not say DX is the greatest faction. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of suspensions made um, yeah. at school because of that, for sure. <laughs> no, true story. I was in computer class and um, I, I was doing a crotch chop behind my my uh, 
teacher's back and he actually turned around and saw me, throws me out of the classroom, but the door was so open so all my classmates could hear. Mr. Shrigley, do you remember him, Adam? I do. It was Mr. Shrigley, yes, it was Mr. Shrigley. And this was during the time of like the, the Bill Clinton scandal, right? <laughs> and he throws my to class, he goes, who do you think you are, President Clinton? <laughs> just like that, and, and, I'll, and I'll never forget that. And I just laughed in his face, and then I don't even know what else he said. But anyway, that, that's that's my that's my uh, my crotch chop DX story. I'm gonna be honest. Class. I still do that. I've never got rid of the twelve year old. Um, it, it, I've, it, I've, it's at least once or twice a week at the office. I do that to skip all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, we, I forgot what. We were driving somewhere the other day, and we both, I said something, he said something, and we laughed, and I was like, I'm so glad that I've never grown out of this immature humor. Uh, Absolutely, stuff. keeps and you like, young, man. And I, I hope I never do. I hope, like, certain things, like, somebody rips a fart, like, that's, it's funny, and I hope that's always going to be funny. Or somebody says something, like, I don't know, I just, uh, I'm glad that at 37 I haven't grown out of that, and I don't plan on it. Anytime soon. Oh, I'm not you can't going to out of farts. No. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this guy out there, and I'm pretty sure that Josh is not going to have any idea that this guy was a wrestler. Gooch might have an idea, and Chad, I'm pretty sure you probably had this guy on your show if you've brought on any guests. Dusty but, Rhodes. Who? Dusty no. Rhodes. Who? Oh. <laughs> so. Sheriff Rick Singleton in Lauderdale County used to be a masked wrestler on the local circuits. And uh, I've seen this picture. And years ago, uh, he he was one of my one of my clients at one of my other insurance agencies. So I go uh, to take care of some business with him, and he's got his old mask that were hanging in his office. It's pretty pretty cool. Absolutely, wow. yeah. He was like the real back in the day. You know, our wrestling we haven't talked about is midget wrestling. So a friend of mine that I graduated high school with, his name's Thumper Pig. I'm not making that up. He is a pastor in Fayetteville, Tennessee now at a church there. Awesome guy. Was always an awesome guy. And he's he's a little dude. I mean, he is. He's not a midget. Thumper's a little guy. Um, but his dad was also a little guy, not a midget. But he was the referee for midget wrestling. Wow. Do they it's, 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 it's a draw, man. It's crazy. It's that carny lifestyle, you know, yeah. it's, it, it goes, if, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like midget wrestling goes further back than actual pro wrestling. I think that was kind of uh, introduced, uh, you know, at the, the, the fairs and at the carnivals back in like the late 1800s, you know, and I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Abe Lincoln was somehow involved in a midget wrestling promotion. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I love true, that. True story. So I didn't know that, but I love him more now. I mean, yeah. how did it even come to be? Okay, like, here's these two people that are different from the rest of them, the rest of everybody else. Let's make them fight. And see yeah, why, why not? Have you it's ever an attraction. seen it? It's, it's an attraction. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a fascination a little bit anyways with that. But, like, midget wrestling is so funny. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? Good for them for capitalizing and turning a frown upside down. You know? Like, I just think it's awesome when people own their whatever it is, because we're all screwed up in certain ways and things like that, and, and just owning it and, you know, smiling about it and going on and that kind of stuff. And you know what? I I just think that's so cool. 
Yeah. I just I just think it's so cool the boldness and you know just being hey you know what I'm gonna do this and and you talk about great in them overcoming that physical part of because I mean they're they got little bitty legs little bitty arms and when they're running and stuff why and they're am I flipping, laughing Stop. Randy Newman that's why you're laughing they're flipping around like and bouncing off the ropes and they're they're taking people out I mean like it's awesome. It's awesome. So, true story, because uh, we're, we're talking about, obviously, I guess we're talking about airports and midgets and wrestling and all that now. Uh, a couple of years ago, I'm on my way to New Jersey, and I hop on a flight in, in uh, Charlotte, because you either have to go to Atlanta or Charlotte to get anywhere in the world. And, uh, of course, I get on the plane, first class, first row, wee man. Perfect. <laughs> he, he, was, he was sitting there like this. He was. He was. <laughs> Bless it. He did not need the leg room, but as I, I, I go back to row thirty-seven, he had to speed like on the he, he had to speed up like on that fold-out food tray, right? Just like yeah, I can see. I fall my six feet, two hundred and sixty pounds into my six inches of leg room in my spot, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys uh, do y'all know Jerry Phillips at all? I'm sure y'all y'all yeah. may have met him before. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, he obviously his connection to to Memphis is, you know, out of this world. Um, but he trained in Memphis wrestling and was actually um, the world's uh, what was his nickname? The most uh, the world's most perfectly formed midget wrestler. And you know, he's a little guy, but yeah, dude, yeah. he would kick the crap out of people. Like, dude, he was a he was a professional wrestler, but he did midget wrestling. But that was his actual size because he he didn't grow that much, you know, in his earlier years. He was a tough son of a gun. I mean, I've heard so many that's stories awesome. about him. Yeah, he was, and that's what he wants on his tombstone is the world's most per- perfectly born midget wrestler is what he said. And wow. uh, I mean, he's he's not someone to mess with. Like, I mean, he'll he'll flip real quick and beat the <laughs> crap out of you. I mean, he'll, kick awesome. you he'll kick you. In, he'll kick you in the knees a lot. You know, your knees will get weak. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he had he had, he had he had sweet shin music was his move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's there, great. There's a lot of people that have have kind of over the years, especially around Memphis, they've they've gotten into the wrestling fray, and I don't know if you and Chad, you, you may be aware of this too. Hang on, did he just say the wrestling fray? Oh, shut up, Josh Kelly. Um, so so George Klein, which is the the first radio DJ to play an Elvis record, uh, in his later years, he managed wrestlers in the Memphis area, and um and for years, that's that's kind of how he made a living. I ended up meeting him kind of by accident at the Horseshoe Casino when I was living up in that area. He he had kind of retired and was the host down there. And you were was, just accidentally at the Horseshoe Casino, well, right? I was accidentally I accidentally met him at the Horseshoe. <laughs> and you know, they swipe your card and they bring you all this cool stuff. And George was the one that brought it over. He was one of the hosts down there, and we kind of got to be friends. But uh, up until he died, he had a um, had a had a radio show on Sirius XM uh, doing Elvis stuff once a week. But yeah, he tons of people over the years from pop culture have crossed over into that. And I think that a lot of that pop culture crossover has contributed to wrestling just being sprawled out everywhere. I mean, it, it's, it's created fans everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You got back in all the, especially during that, we talk about that NWO like time in WCW but like you had the Rodmans of the world. Like remember Carl Malone? Oh, yeah. Like they all like, you're, yeah. you're getting all like 
famous athletes. I actually heard in an interview that Dennis Rodman, who's a freak, if you've been watching The Last Dance, you know how athletic and how talented of an athlete and basketball player he was. But he said the most physically demanding, hardest thing he'd ever done was wrestle. Yeah, Eric Bischoff, he does a podcast called 83 Weeks, um, and he was talking about that because apparently some of the – I don't know what episode it's going to be um, on The Last Dance. They're going to touch on that um, huh. with the the whole angle because it was uh, it was Rodman and, and Hogan teaming yeah. together against DDP and Carl Malone. Yeah. Which was, you know, oh, dude. And it was great because they went on Leno. They went on talk shows promoting it. It was it was so good. I mean, they they painted an arm and a leg to have them both there. But they said Carl Malone was just a beast. Like he was such a great worker because he's been a huge wrestling fan all his life. I had the Dennis Rodman shoes, the worms. They were low cut and there was a ring. You zipped them up. I had those shoes. That was probably seventh, eighth grade. Yep. (laughs) You tied them and then he zipped them up so they couldn't yep. come untied. Yep. I like yep. Dennis Rodman. I still like him. Oh, oh me yeah. too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he, it's like, you know, he, he was like a pro wrestler. Like the, the, you know, I mean, you, you had, you, he had his off camera persona and he has on camera persona, you know, I mean, it's it just, it, it crossed over so well into the world of, of just, of just entertainment, not just pro wrestling or basketball or sports. It's just entertainment, you know, yeah. in general. So, could you imagine if, if like late eighties, early nineties, when all that, all the 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 big big characters were going on, if we had had access to the internet and be able to look up the real stories about some of those guys? I mean, you know, we can click a few buttons and find out any and everything about the guys wrestling today. But I mean, they were, they they were they were they were mysteries. Well, yeah. what you see is what you got. What you saw on Friday night. That's what you had, you know. Now I can, I see somebody, like, that's cool, and I Wikipedia, boom, and I know their entire life story, you know, yeah. in 30 seconds. Yeah. But the well, it's kind, of the, it's kind of the same way that Jordan's being portrayed now in The Last Dance. I know we just kind of talk about that. You know, everybody has this clean cut, you know, which he's always going to be the fa- my favorite of all time. Um, yeah. But But, you know, we're finding out this other side of Jordan that, you know, because I was I was so used to the Come Fly With Me VHS or the Michael Jordan's Playground or, you know, Hang Time, like all those VHSs. Space Jam, Space Jam obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you have this image, right? And and now, I mean, it's not like my image is, you know, it's been distorted at all, but you, got, you go, there's a lot more to this cat than what we knew growing up. For sure. You know? Yeah. Well, guys. I'm on, I'm on episode three of that now. I haven't watched the last one yet. So good. It's been good. It's been an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yep. Chad, Chad, you have uh, you you've dropped a lot of knowledge on us, and uh, you've confirmed the fact that uh, that we don't know hardly anything about what we thought we might know about. <laughs> I have too much time on my hands. Let's just say that you you, you can say what it is. <laughs> like Chad, get a life. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you get paid to do this. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't. Have I've any- had a blast. Thank you guys for having me. Had a really, really, yeah. really good time. Love we, it. Uh, doesn't look like we've got any more comments over there. So we got a little game we play at the end of each show. Um, Chad, we'd love for you to stay on and play with us. It's called Fake News. Let's do it. All right. The fake news. You are fake news. So maybe they were fake news. That is a lot of fake news. 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 Fake news.
All right. So, fake so, news is a game show. Josh, there you, go. Tell me, tell me, you mean tell me to play it? So, here's what happens here, Chadillac. Um, he, Skip has three news stories. One of them's real. Two of them are fake. He tries to throw us off, and we have to pick which one's real out of the okay. three stories. So, one of them's for sure real. Two of them are fake. We decide which one's real. And yep. Josh has been known to cheat just a bit at this game. How do you cheat? I'm not Googling anything. No, you just change your answer after Gooch answers him. Y'all are tied that's, up now, aren't you? How can you, play, how, how can you play a game about fake news or real news when you just talk about wrestling when it's real or fake? I mean, that's what, <laughs> how do we do this? How, I mean, how do you conclude this? Strategy. Uh, Strategery. So right now, Adam and I are tied um, on our record. I don't know what our record is. For a yeah. long time, I was up by one. He has tied back up with me now, and so we're at an even, um, even count. All right, hit it. Fake news. Story number one. This comes out of Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, gosh. Florida man spends entire stimulus check on scratch-offs, wins $6 million. Um, this is from the Associated Press out of Jacksonville, Florida. Little did John Devereaux know that when he made his weekly stop into Bucky's off of I-295 to buy lottery tickets, that this would be his week. Devereaux, a 32-year-old Home Depot manager, has been buying lottery tickets at the Bucky's across the street from his home improvement store every Friday since he transferred to the Jacksonville store from his hometown in Homa, Louisiana. This week was different. He and his wife, Jill, a stay-at-home mom, had been discussing how to use their $2,900 stimulus check. They chose to buy $2,901 Lucky Duck scratch-off tickets. Jill said, we were sitting in our living room scratching off all these cards. About an hour into it, John started screaming. He had uncovered three ducks with $6 million printed over them. A couple claimed their prize Monday in Tallahassee and are making plans to retire back to home in Homa, Louisiana. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you. So, Skip, what what, what city, Louisiana, was it? This was Jacksonville. No, you it's said Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, Homa. H O U M A. Oh, Homa. Okay. Puma yeah, is it. actually how they gotcha. say it. Okay. That's Puma. how the Cajuns say it. Puma. <laughs> well, you say it however you want to say it. I think that right. that was a uh, never mind. Friendly, friendly. Let's go. All right. So, that is story number one. Very compelling. Story number two. 64-year-old man accidentally ejected him. That's funny. You can't touch me because I'm in a different city. Uh, Throw something to you through the internet. A 64-year-old man accidentally ejects himself from a fighter jet at 2,500 feet. This is out of Paris from CNN. A surprise company outing to an airbase caused a 64 year old French man so much stress that he flung himself from a fighter jet in midair, grabbing the ejector button in a panic and tumbling through the skies above France before landing in a field. The man had, had been surprised by empl employees at his firm who organized the joy ride as a treat for his birthday. Josh, quit Googling it. Nope. I'm <laughs> right here. I'm right. I take notes. I take notes. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I take notes. This is very serious. Um, okay, so 64-year-old man accidentally ejected himself. All right. <laughs> Watch how you say that. Uh, he, he I, I, was just, I was thinking the same thing. 
<laughs> Story number three. All right. Ohio Senator requests SpaceX to push Starlink train of satellites into a higher orbit due to his office being inundated with alien invasion calls. This comes out of Cincinnati, Ohio, from the Associated Press. Ohio Senator Rob Portman says his office has been overwhelmed with calls from people who have been watching the SpaceX train of satellites crossing the sky each night in low Earth orbit. Satellite project, which endeavors to launch 12,000 satellites to stream broadband internet to every corner of the Earth, has been mistaken by thousands of Ohioans as an alien invasion. Senator Portman, who sits on the Intelligence Committee, has requested that something be done to quell people's fears of the unusually bright satellite train that is visible with the naked eye. In an email to Elon Musk, founder of SpaceX, obtained Tuesday by the Associated Press, Portman suggests the satellites be moved into a higher orbit so they could not be seen with the naked eye. And those are your three stories. So, number two, I'm questioning because I don't think a 64-year-old would be allowed to fly in a fighter jet. That makes sense. I just don't see how that would happen. And also, at the same time, that they would actually give him the controls to let him eject himself. I can't help but laugh when you say that. It's France. It's France. That's why I don't think a 64 would be able to do that. So, wee-wee on the eject yourself. And number... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Number one, Gooch, you know, Skip's go-to Cajun name is Devereaux. Devereaux. That's Skip's go-to Cajun name when he makes things up. My go-to Cajun name is Boudreaux. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I think that that feels fake in a lot of ways. It does. Definitely. Um, on the Ohio state Senator thing, that sounds that I'm thinking I'm leaning towards three is the real story. What, what are you guys thinking? Adam? Yeah. Uh, no, we're, we won't lock it in yet. This is the discussion part and then we lock it in. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think one is fake. Um, I'm out on that one. Um, With as much as has been going on with Elon and the Starlink deal um, this week, I'm leaning to three being the real story because I fight her. But then the problem, Chad, that we always run into is Skip is a master. Like, he could work for CNN. (laughs) Um, because he is a spin master. So normally you have to come into this game trying to figure out not which one feels real, which, what is Skip trying to do to us to make the delivery? It's the delivery. Yeah. 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 So my concern is three seems the most real and I want to lean that way, which makes me not want to lean that way. See, that's the way I was trying to observe it as well. Like I wasn't watching his body language. I was like audibly just listening to how he, you know, conveyed it to us, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and then we got to the ejection. <laughs> well, I mean, and, or he could be saying, you know what? I'm going to put a really obvious one in here that's actually real. So they'll think that it's fake, but it's really real. Sounds like a CNN analyst to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Kim, Kim uh, Ken Jong on the, uh, on the, uh, the mass singer right now. Um, 
I, I'm leaning towards whose turn is it to go first? Yours? Yeah, it's mine. I'm going to go three is real. I am too. I'm, lock, I'm locking in three is real as well. Six. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think one sounds kind of legit. Um, but I'm a heavy follower uh, of Tesla and, and SpaceX and Elon. And I, I'm kind of in agreement with you, Adam. Like, that sounds like something um, with all the Starlink stuff that's going on right now. Like, that just might be so far fetched. Like that's legit, real. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, and you gave all these like weird numbers about like the Wi-Fi capacity of the range and all that jazz. Like you can't make those numbers up, right? I mean, can you? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, he can. I mean, can. maybe, maybe. Um, I'm gonna go with three, man, because I'm just because I'm 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 a I'm a I'm part of the 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 Tesla cult. <laughs> Okay, so we'll have one for the SpaceX story. Is that your final answer, Chad? Yeah, yeah, I'm locking it in. Final answer. Yep, locked. Yeah, SpaceX. Everybody's yeah. locked in on SpaceX. Sixty-four-year-old man accidentally ejected himself from a fighter jet. No way. Hundred feet. God. That's awesome, though. <laughs> they apparently didn't know their colleague as well as they thought once the man arrived at the Saint-Désir Air Base in northeastern France and realized that his co-workers had what he had arranged, he began to feel extremely stressed, according to the fairly remarkable aviation report reported by the French government agency. The unnamed man had never expressed any desire to fly in a fighter jet and had no previous military aviation experience. Thanks to a watch he was wearing, which could measure his heart rate, Investigators noticed that his heart was in full tachycardia before the flight with a recorded heart rate ranging from 136 to 142 beats per minute. But the man went through with the ride, joining a three-plane training exercise as a passenger. When the jet was at 2,500 feet above ground, the pilot began to climb. The passenger panicked and reached for something to hold on to. Unfortunately, that something was the ejector seat handle. And the 64-year-old flew from the fighter jet. To make matters worse, he had not securely attached his helmet, which went flying in midair. Fortunately, the man avoided serious, serious injury after tumbling to the earth in a field near the German border. The pilot was not ejected and managed to land the plane safely despite suffering some minor facial injuries during the ordeal from the exposed cockpit area. Wow. I'm, just, I'm just impressed that a 64-year-old man could eject himself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who knows, man? Hey, hey, he was just looking for something to hold on to. <laughs> it was it was one of the like premature ejaculations kinds, right? That's what it was. It's very premature. Wow, he, 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 was he was in the cockpit. It, it, That's what it was. Definitely, definitely was a premature. Um, a very untimely yeah. death. Yeah. I tell you, um, those planes fly fast. Like. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't know how much a fighter jet costs, but I'm sure it's in the millions. Like, Ten millions. <laughs> that's billion. Uh, but I don't know how much they cost. But that could have been bad. Look, obviously he was a rich dude, because I'm sure it's not cheap to fly in a fighter jet. You know. I don't think so. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He got. He us. got us. Stumped you. Love it. Sounds like a French man to me. Yeah. Golly. 
Well, Chad, for real, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to join yeah. us. Loved having you. Um, remember, you can always check out Chad every single Wednesday, 97.9 Fox Sports shows with the Wrestling Reel, or you can catch him nonstop all over the shows uh, with Drum and Drummer. If you got a party, a wedding, you want a good time, you need to call and book Drum and Drummer. I promise Absolutely. you'll have a good time with those guys. Yeah, Adam, Josh, Skip, I had a, an awesome time. Really, really good time. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I was able to, you know, take time off of my busy schedule here tonight. To, to be with you guys. So I really had a blast, man. It, it's, a, it's a release uh, for me as well. So thanks a all lot. Right. Thank you so much for being on with us this week. I guess that's all for this week. And uh, thanks for listening, listening in, guys. Thanks again, Chad, for joining us. Uh, yeah. A treat for us, too. Absolutely. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at The Guy Pod. And also, please go and subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube. You can listen to us directly at www.theguypod.com or find us wherever you listen to your podcast. We love hearing from our fans. We love hearing ideas for shows. If you have any interest in sponsoring or um, doing advertising with The Guy Pod, you can contact us at therealguypod at gmail.com. That's therealguypod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you guys for joining us. So other than that, that is it for this episode of the guy pod. So for Chad Burdine, Josh Kelly and Skip Nichols, I'm Adam Gooch. And remember when you're in over your head, the first thing to do is close your mouth.